thank God for this afternoon. And um, I pray that God will bless us in the second one, in this second meeting as well. Um, in the morning, I started off by talking about building a solid church. But I, I actually wrote a book called Building a Solid Church. And it has to do with, it's the same thing like building a solid ministry, building a solid family, building a solid business. And when I call something solid, I mean the thing has the capacity to outlast and outlive you. That means if you give birth to something and you die one day, go away, and the thing also disappears, it's not solid. And the scripture we looked at in the morning was Matthew chapter 7. From verse 24 where Jesus said, He that hears my words and keeps them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And when the winds blew and the floods came and the rain descended, the house stayed because the wise man built them on the rock. But the foolish man is the one who builds his house on the sand. And when the rain comes and the wind blows and the floods come against it, the house collapses like a pack of cards. But listen to his words. He that heareth my words and doeth them. I realize that any kingdom that has obedience will last. Kingdoms that don't have obedience don't last. In fact, if you go to a construction site where they are building a house, a lot of times the things that makes a building collapse are issues of disobedience. You can tell the mason or the foreman, mix one bag of cement with this amount of stones and this amount of sand. If the man decides to disobey, you will be sitting in a story building and it will start coming down. And that's because somebody somewhere disobeyed some specifications. But obedience is not something you always understand before you do. In fact, in the military, they normally say do before you complain. And the reason is most of the instructions people will give to you, especially if the instructions are spiritual instructions, many times you are not in a position to understand. In fact, if you want to understand spiritual instructions before you obey them, you will not obey anything. Because they are, they are not things you would understand. The instruction will come if it is coming from a prophet. The prophet is living maybe 10 years ahead of you. One of the biggest frustrations of every spiritual leader is that sometimes they think what you are seeing they can also see. He's seeing something you are not seeing, not because he's better than you, but he's positioned at a height where you are not sitting. 
One day I was discussing something with President John Mahama. And he told me, he said, Reverend, you know, your friend is not sitting where I sit, so he cannot see what I'm seeing. And that's because there's something a president can see. No matter who you are in the cabinet, you can see it. So, if your church is full of people who want to understand before they obey spiritual instructions, you will crawl. The other day, we were in Germany and my wife told me, I overheard my wife and the headmistress of the school. They were discussing something. What were you discussing? She told me, and I said, mm -mm. The next thing I heard, she phoned them and cancelled that particular thing. And then something else happened. And I told her yesterday, I said, You know what? There's something else that happened. It's 2% of what would have happened if you had done the first one. But I told her, I couldn't have told you why I was saying what I'm saying. Listen, a swording spirit is killing our churches, our businesses, and our homes. Look at the way marriage counselors struggle in our churches. Because these days, when the couple decide to fight in a marriage, nobody can separate. No. Anything you tell them, they will not listen to you because they are wiser than you. So, you don't even waste your time trying to counsel people, tell them things and stuff like that. And Jesus is saying, he that hears my sayings and does them, he can be likened unto a wise man. A wise man is somebody who hears instructions and follows them. You can imagine a laborer at a construction site. And you tell him that this pillar, this pillar must be this thick. And this tall. Put in iron rod. Maybe three quarter. If the laborer wants to understand it. Before he carries out the instruction. He cannot because. He did not study structural engineering. When it comes to church. What the pastors do. That is what they are trained to do. So if you are a medical officer. And you come to church. You must forget. You must remember that this is not a hospital. This one is a church. And some people are trained to say what they say. And they are trained to do what they do. And if God has not called you in that direction, you cannot. I was in a plane. I was coming from Lagos on Tuesday. In the night... The plane had delayed for three and a half hours. When we finally sat in the, in the plane, then the pilot announced, you're welcome on board, and then blah, 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 and I'm so-and-so, and I'm the captain of this flight, and it was a woman. The man sitting by me looked at me. I saw a man looking at his wife's picture on a mobile phone. The devil told me, this is the last time he will see his wife's picture. This is the devil. I heard it loud. 
the man is seeing his wife's picture for the last time. In other words, you, you won't get to your destination. I heard it. It was like a noise. I said, now minimum. But I just prayed. And the woman flew the plane from Lagos to Accra. When we landed, the plane landed like a frog that had fallen from heaven. One woman was sitting in front of me. She shouted, Jesus Christ! Later on, I was talking to one of my friends who is an architect, a very experienced woman in Nigeria. And I said, Jumoka, the plane landed. Pam. No, I said a woman flew. No, I said a woman flew the plane. And she didn't land that well at all. Then she said, Pastor Eastwood. She landed hard there. And I said, yes. She said, yes, I knew a woman would land a plane like that because by textbook, that is the way to land. She said the people who rather make the mistakes are the ones who try to land with psyche. They try to land like Balotelli. <laughs> with some style. Before you realize you are somewhere else. But she said that is the textbook way of doing it. I'm not a pilot. I cannot verify this. But you see, that woman who was flying the plane, Nejuma Nono, she knew what she was doing. I was also sitting at the back and giving commentary and frightening myself. Sometimes, when we are doing something, we are to me show. No, I could too. But don't worry. There's a pilot. There's a co-pilot. Then they normally say, relax and enjoy your flight. So you know what? Relax and enjoy church. Relax and enjoy church. You can be in church and you can be uptight. Any instruction they give you, don't take it. Love your wife. Then you say, yeah, I will love my wife if she's lovable. Not this one. If they knew the kind of woman I've married, they will not say love your wife. Submit to your husband. If you knew what I have married, you won't be talking to me to submit. But you know what? Life is about obeying instructions. And if you go into any kingdom that is working well, obedience is the key. Rebellion and disobedience has never built anything. Go to a church. Go to a company. Obedience. When you tell the driver, this is the speed limit, he keeps it. You tell the cook, this is the pepper level, they keep it. If they exceed the pepper limit, diarrhea will manifest. You obey instructions. Obey. And if you are willing and you obey, you will eat the good of the land. But then seeing a swordy spirit about Sunday. We are fasting and praying. That is the week some people eat. All the food they have been eating for weeks. As soon as you announce fasting and prayer, that is the week they will eat. Fire conference is coming. 
That is the week they will travel. What kind of devil is moving you while the only time you want to travel is fire conference? That the first night, we are all coming for watch night. That is the day they are going to Dubai to do business. Aswadin. Disobedience. People who come to church, they will go and bring a strange woman or man they are going to marry. And you say, mm, I worry we. They say, no. I am Samson. This is the woman I want. Marry her for me. So today we are marrying anything for the people. I told our church people, I said, you know what? Don't let anybody insult you free of charge. Anything they bring, bless it and let them go. If they bring King Kong, bless for them. If they bring Amatazan, bless for them. I'm looking at this woman. I'm telling you, she will beat you up. You don't want to listen. Okay, they are married. Bulgaria, they will beat you. I'm trying to save you. You say you listen. Okay. Because I realize that people just want to do disobedience. Look, you can, you can be a pastor and you are standing in front of the church and you can see the rebellion. The usher will show them, sit on the second row to the left. They will sit on the fourth row to the right. Now me, obine bechre mi bibi Jack, you have a Lord and Savior over your life. And you are the CEO of your company. But when you come through this door, it ends. It ends right there. Now you see, when you don't know where your power ends, you make a mistake. You cannot go to the hospital and tell them you are the MD of Mechanical Lloyd. So you know what you are about. And you say, oh, you have waste pain. Then they say it's cocoa. You say, no, it's not cocoa, it's waste pain. Keep moving like that. The disobedient spirit is everywhere. As for when it comes to our finances, it is worse. That is why we are not being blessed. You see, many believers will be blessed to a certain level. And after they've reached that point, that is the end of it. I have seen many Christians, they became rich, they got to a certain point, and they couldn't exceed it. Then they start blaming the church. The prayers are not strong. That is why I have not prospered beyond a certain point. And it's really not the fault of the church because sometimes when you are becoming richer, riches have got their own temptations. And when you are becoming richer, your responsibilities increase. Look at the way some of you sit in church and you make virtue leave people. Oh, who will give this church 100 Ghana cities? And you are sitting down. But you know that you alone, you could have written a check of 10,000 and virtue will not leave you. You allow others to take out 100 cities. And they go home and they can't sleep. Somebody can give 100 and when they go home, they say, Pastor Steve. Say, BBM 300 in Muammar. Onyan kupon on fancha Pastor Steve Ahame. 
You know, because some people, their gifts go with conditions. I remember one day I was coming from London and a woman gave me a piece of cloth to give to my wife. So I brought it. And I said, Pearl, somebody has given you a piece of cloth. She said, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. We rejoice. When we opened the cloth, there was a note. <laughs> I am believing God for fruit of the womb. It means that the fruit of the womb as I am of conditionality. Yeah, they are butter cloth. I told the Ofra cloth in Mami. When you have fruit of the womb, I want you. Oh, dear. Sisi, Jiwadi Afrao. I wear coat. Then we prayed over it. And then my wife used a cloth. I went to London after about five months. I got a phone call. The lady said, Reverend, do you remember? Somebody gave you a piece of cloth for your wife. I said, yes. She said, I'm four months pregnant. I said, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Thank you for this relief. Now my wife can enjoy this cloth. So you see, somebody can give an offering. They are believing God for something. A widow with a last flower and oil is giving it so that it will multiply. But there are other people you are blessed already so much that your giving is not because you are believing God for something, but it is a response to God's goodness and mercy. Listen, you have received so much that your giving level cannot be at a normal giving level. And when the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost, the Bible said, and the people that had land, they sold the land and they brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. You see this land you are trying to buy, Reverend Steve? Yeah. It will amaze you that there are five people here who have some land there. They will not build on it for the next hundred years. And if they sold that land, they will buy this one with ease and they won't even break sweat. Why do you keep that and allow this thousand, five hundred, hundred, two hundred to be going on incessantly and you are sitting down and you are watching it? May God make you an integrity rescuer. The reason why I call these people integrity rescuers is that they give an offering that saves everybody. In the ministry of Jesus, there were people like that. They always saved him. One day, 5,000 men, maybe about 7,000 women, and 3,000 children, around 15,000 people, Jesus had to feed them. Then he asked a question, from whence shall we get bread that these may eat? Hmm. Philip, he had a calculator. The guys. He used to work with land valuation. <laughs> land valuation or maybe audit service. He said, Master, even 200 penny worth of bread is <laughs> not sufficient for these people that everybody may have little. And then Andrew, he started looking in everybody's hand. He said, there is a little boy here. Five loaves of bread and two fishes. But what is that among so many people? 
But I love Jesus. He said, make the man sit down. Because you see, there are times some people have plenty and they won't give it. And there are people who have a little, but their heart is with God. He said, make them sit down. And when they sat down, he took the five loaves of bread and two fishes. And the Bible said he looked up into heaven. Sometimes when you come to a place like CN, you may think people are giving this church one million dollars, one million pounds, one million cities. But it's not like that. Pastor Steve is my friend and my brother. I can tell you if people were giving 100,000 Ghana cities to this ministry, I will know. But they give him the five cities and the two cities and because of his heart, he's able to lift it up and pray and believe God. So what you are seeing here is the multiplication, the multiplied effect of the faithfulness of people and the little you do at a time. God takes it and multiplies it and creates what you are seeing. Look at the number of crusades. Look at the number of lives that are touched. Look at the people. Recently, when you went to Laura, it was almost as if the president of Ghana was going there. Jirapa. The people received the ministry. And that's because the ministry does not only come with the Bible. It can't, there are two things in the Bible. Man shall not live by bread alone. That also means man must not live by the word alone. And when you are going and you carry this food and carry this medical something, somebody knows you care. And there is little somebody's doing here, little somebody here, little, little somebody's doing here. But you know what? One thing that is in the kingdom today is that I see a time coming. And I don't believe it to be long at all. It could be in the next three months, next four months. God is looking for people. He's looking for human beings who will stand. He wants somebody who has a boat he can use. Jesus is walking about no PA system. So he needs a boat to go into the sea and then from there, based on the direction of the wind, he can preach and the wind can carry his voice. Then he saw a boat and the owner of the boat was Peter. Peter had toiled all night and taken nothing. The man is frustrated and angry and they are washing their nets. People who are washing their nets, it means they have given up. Sometimes when you have given up, that is the time God will come asking. I wish God could come when you have everything. But sometimes, okay, when you are left to the last, then he will appear. Look at the time he got to Abraham. When the man had struggled for 100 years, got one son, then God said, aha, your one son, bring him as an offering. To be honest with you, if you have a son and God says, bring him offering, I don't see any of you Oh, glory. It is good to serve God with the benefit of history. But if you are to serve God with the revelation of prophecy, few people can do it. Many of you are historical followers of God. 
You are not prophetic followers of God. In other words, if you were to fulfill a prophecy and there is no historical precedence, I don't see any of you can do it. Even today, will you listen to any voice that is saying go and kill your child? If God says, take, take your son, come and kill him. The, what does the verse say? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. I bind this devil. For every human being, the instruction to Abraham was sacrilegious. Kill your son. Your only son. But they knew him. Abraham knew that this was God's voice. He actually took the son. Went to the top of a mountain. The boy said, Papa, I see the fire. I see the wood. When he looked at the face of the father, he knew he was the sacrifice. But he intentionally asked, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, the Lord will provide. Let's go up there, you see something. People credit Abraham with that thing. I credit Isaac. As for me, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, my man is Isaac. Abraham had too many problems. Jacob, his problems were Berikate. Berikate is house word which means plenty. Isaac, gentleman, full of discipline, respectful. The chief executive among the three was Isaac. Decent man. Who did he even marry? Rebecca. No polygamy there. Oh. Abraham, plenty. Jacob, more. Isaac, Rebecca, satisfied. Gentleman. Am I talking to somebody at all? They got to the mountaintop. Everybody credits Abraham with the faith. But you know what the one I credit? Isaac. Isaac could have beaten up that old man on the mountain and ran away. The father said, Isaac, you are the sacrifice. Lie on the wood. And the boy said, Papa, tie my hands. He lay down, they tied up his hands. And he was looking at his father because he knew that his father knew God. Your father knows God. If he tells you, lie down, let me kill you, will you obey? It is written, thou shalt not kill. He could have said that. How can God say kill? Are we now into occultism? Ritual murder. Isaac lay there because of the three Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Isaac is a type of Christ. His wife, one. Esau, Jacob, the Old Testament church, the New Testament church. That man. 
imparted the blessing like Jesus will impart the blessing. And he gave the blessing to Jacob who came in instead of Esau because the Gentile church took the blessing from the Jews and there was a crossing. Something happened. We moved in because somebody was very slow. The Jews were slow and the Gentile church moved in. This man Isaac, unique man of God, full of depth and revelation, spiritually sharp. He lay on the wood and he's a type of Christ because when the father was about to kill him, then there was a lamp, substitutionary death. If it was many of you, you would have wrestled Abraham to the ground and offered him as a sacrifice. <laughs> I remember one day, I was going through many challenges. In fact, I was going through many challenges. Some, some of the challenges were very, very difficult. And I started praying to God. I said, Lord, it's too hard. And the Lord told me something which I shared with my wife. The Lord told me, he said, Eastwood, you are only on the fire. Sorry, you are only on the wood. I have not applied the fire yet. I said, Lord, you mean you call this wood? He said, this is just the discomfort of the wood. I am about to apply the fire. But because I knew that my redeemer liveth, I didn't panic. You know what? There are sacrifices God will call you to make. Some of them, if you are not careful, you will panic. But faithfully see that call it be who also shall do it. And I'm confident that he who has called you will fulfill what he has called you to do and he will fulfill his promise. Obedience. We are all sitting here because of obedience. And I was telling you that in the days of Jesus' ministry, obedience on the, some part of on some people's part kept the ministry. So here is I've gone back to Peter. You thought I had forgotten that. No, Mentisa. Eh? Peter had the boat. Jesus said, give me your boat. He sat in the boat and preached. That is the way I'm looking at you. That anything Jesus needs, may he find it in your house. I said, anything Jesus needs, may he find it in your house. The only thing is that he may come at a time you are not ready for him to ask for it. She said, all night you have toiled and you've taken nothing. Now, give me your boat. I want to preach. You will ask him, have you heard at all? If you haven't heard, can you see? We are watching our nets. We are frustrated. Now Jesus wanted the boat to preach from it. If Peter did not have the boat, Jesus would not ask him for the boat. But you see, what a blessing for Jesus to take your boat. Finally, Peter got more fish and then he became an apostle. God will never ask you to give him anything unless he has planned to give you something in return. There is no sacrifice you make for God which is not a seed. And I pray that every seed you've ever sown in the kingdom will begin to produce results. And a seed is a result of obedience. Somebody just has to obey. 
The Lord told me one day, he said, I don't send many of my children because they don't have what it takes to obey me. I said, I don't understand. He said, okay, you, if you go to the church, ask your people, if I want them to give me a house, how many of them can give the house? If I need a land, how many of them can give me the land? The truth is that if God tells you right now, if God speaks to you right now, that give me a hundred by hundred feet, or is it yards or feet? Hundred by hundred what? Feet. Give me hundred by hundred feet land. As a donation. In Accra, how many of you don't have that land? Lift up your hand. You don't have it. You don't have the hundred by hundred. Yeah, majority of us. So if God gives you that instruction, you cannot even obey it. But the prayer we are praying this morning is that God will make you that kind of person. Anything he wants, he can ask you. If God needs one million Ghana cities, he is not likely to go to many believers. Because if he asks them, they will speak in tongues. They will enter worship. But there are unbelievers. If God tells them, give me one million Ghana cities right now, they write a check. In fact, what disturbs me is sometimes when unbelievers have to rather support the work of God and we ourselves are not in a position to do it. The reason is that many people in the church, they see wealth as evil. They see wealth as evil. They see wealth as an evil thing. Um, if you say, may God make you a millionaire, Ten people in this building will shout an amen. The rest will just be looking at you. Millionaire, me dekwe. Me minya ten thousand be cry in my account. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if you if you know the need of the kingdom, you will pray that God will bless your life. There is an assignment, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. If the financial, material need of the church and your life is met, it will clear half of your prayer topics. No, if your food is given, your accommodation is given. Your money is given. You can have time to worship God plenty. Bind devils which are real devils. Because the devils we are binding now, most of them are really not devils. They are financial problems. I come against any demon that is stopping me from paying my children's school fees. I rebuke. How can this be a demon? I know Christians who don't pray for their daily need. Oh, God is not interested in all this food, money, house. Are you sure? Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. First will, give us this day our daily bread. Before, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. And that's because when daily bread is not given, forgiveness is very difficult. <laughs> I'll give you an example. For example, if somebody breaks away from your church, goes with 100 members, and within two years, your church is full the way it is now, won't you forgive them? It's easy to forgive. But if they go with the hundred and after two years, you are left with seven and a half people. You will curse them until the day of your death. Let me give you another example. Maybe somebody snatched your fiancé. You are managing with this boyfriend. You are just managing him. Just so that at least you two, you can get a husband. You are managing him. You don't like it. Oxyput. His forehead is a little scary. His brain is dubious. The person's height is tall, cumbersome like mine. And you're like, uh, I'll manage him like that. Then another sister snatches him. And you are crying. After seven months, you get another one. Very nice man. Intelligent, spiritual, creative, caring and loving. And that man marries you. Won't you forgive this lady who carried the liability away? You will not even remember. But if after 10 years, 20 years, you are still single, you will curse them forever. May God bless you so that you can forgive people. In the name of the Lord Jesus, come on, shout an amen and praise God. Thank you. Let me tell you the reason for many cases of unbelief, for many cases of unforgiveness is because of lack of blessing. Somebody stole your money in your company and ran away. Within seven months, your company has multiplied. You will forgive. I was in London. My wallet got lost. My wallet. I sat in a black cab. Got down. I left the wallet there. Somebody took it out. My credit cards, a small pound, uh, taken from Ghana to Ghana. They took it away. I got up in the morning. I said, Jehovah! And if Africans want to catch you, they mention all the names of God. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rafa, Jehovah Rofika. When you hear somebody praying, and mention seven of the names of God at a time. The person is frustrated. Because even the people in the Bible, God revealed his names to them. He revealed one at a time. And then look for another person and revealed one at a time. At most, two names per person. But you alone, you must mention seven of the names. You are frustrated. We are calling Jehovah. Jehovah will answer. We are calling Elohim. Elohim will answer. We are calling El Shaddai. You are frustrated. You alone. Twenty names of God in one prayer. When El Shaddai alone was enough to take care of somebody's problems. Come and clap your hands and scream. 
by the time in your prayer you mention five of the names of God, you are confused. When you are sick, Jehovah Rapha should be enough. But here you are. Oh, Rafa, Makadishkem, Rofika, oh, Jehovah Rovi, oh, Jehovah, what again? Elkanah, Elkanah, you will move on my beer. Until. <laughs> so I got up that morning, I started praying, I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, this person that has taken my wallet. But you see, within two hours, they found the wallet. Only the money had been removed. A white man found a wallet somewhere. They googled my name in his house. And my name came up with a London address. Thank God the name was Googleable. There are some people, if they Google your name, I don't know what will come out. Fresh air will meet you on the computer. Maybe clouds will appear. They saw it, but the money was gone. So I started praying. I said, Lord, whoever stole this money? Yakatosia. Kaburu. Then I remembered. I said, Oh, if you are Nipekra or Bredada. I said, Lord, forgive the person. Let them just take the money. When I released the person, my door, somebody knocked the door. I opened. A brother came. He said, Oh, we heard your story. We heard that your wallet was missing. And your friend has given me this envelope to bring to you. When I opened the envelope, it was six times what I had lost. So I said, ah, they should have carried this wallet plus my trouser, my shirt. You know, since then, I've never been bitter against that person who took it. When you are blessed, and God gives you your daily bread. It is easy to forgive those who trespass against you. May the Lord bless your life. Daily bread and the things we need are very important. And God wants you to go beyond them and prosper. So that like Peter, when he needs a boat and you have the boat, he can take it from you. Look at Jesus. He needs two donkeys to go into Jerusalem. The disciples didn't have it. So he went outside the circles of his disciples. He sent two of them. I'm trying to guess who the two were. Definitely, I will not be surprised if Peter is one. Because he is the one who, if he's taking the donkey and you want to resist, he will show you the reward for resisting the things of God. Go and ask the guy whose ear was cut off. He will tell you Peter's story. Another person I suspect might have gone is John. He will love Jesus so much that anything he wanted, he will get it from him. He sent two. Otherwise two. Maybe he sent just James and John. They went and they were untying the donkey and the owner really came and said, what are you doing? They said, the Lord needs it. And he said, take it and go and give it to me. May you be that kind of person who will come to the church and when they are calling for something, 
you have it sitting with you. I pray that God will bless you to that extent. Can you imagine one day Pastor Steve stands here and Stanley and then they announce we are going to maybe this place in the Volta region. We are going to do a crusade. It's going to cost us 300,000 Ghana cities. And you walk to him after the service and you say, man of God, this crusade is on me. 300,000 I will pay. Three of you attempted a clap. May it be your portion. You see, when I mention the 300,000 Ghana cities, I mean, it's like, how on earth is this possible? But with God, all things are possible. We need to come to the kingdom of God. We need to come to a time when people can do things. When people can do things. Ministry is about tithes, offering, pledges. And I'm telling you, it's a difficult process. Look at the length of time it took us today in the first service to raise a little money. Whatever we did in the morning, in some places, one person can do it without breaking sweat. And even here, one person can do it without breaking sweat. I keep saying that even in Bogatanga, some of the things I see individuals doing for themselves, if they wanted to do it for the kingdom, fundraising would not be necessary. No. Some people are building their second house. They are building their third house. You go to the house, everything is there. The reason why God gave you rest and gave you everything is so that you can spend the rest of your money taking care of the kingdom. There is a time in your life when everybody is going to give 1,000 and you are not permitted to give 1,000 because you have outgrown it. You alone can do what 100 people should do. Can do it. But one person, two donkeys, Jesus took them and rode into Jerusalem. Now, that one normally, if it is our circles, we have to do fundraiser to buy the donkey. Okay, we are going to buy a donkey. Who will give us enough money to buy the leg? Who will give us enough money to buy the head? You have to raise money to buy a donkey. But in Jesus' days, one person will give the donkey. I gave you the example of the five loaves of bread and two fishes. One little boy had the five loaves of bread and two fishes. And Jesus said, the Bible said, he asked them this question, knowing in himself what he would do. Jesus knew that there was only one person in that crowd who could meet everybody's need. I pray that you will be that kind of person. Somebody may have to enter a covenant with God and say, God, if you will make me a millionaire, if only you will bless me, if only you will increase me, I will be a seeker of the kingdom. I remember the man Jacob. He said, if God will be with me in this journey that I go, and if God really will bless me, anything he gives to me, I'll give him one tenth. He told Abraham, Abraham, in you shall all the families of the earth. 
and look at Jesus' life. And he was surrounded by these people who could make everything available. Look at this church. We do crusade. Every year, we see the budget of the crusade. Sometimes Pastor Steve tells me the crusade. The cost. He lives in Accra. He goes to all those places. When he tells me, I say in my head, that is your calling. The Lord bless him and keep him with that. I have never prayed to God for that gift of crusade. I will have to sell myself to go and finance one. Mean to me. Mean to me. But I look at the toil he has to go through every year to fly people. And he has to go and charter a plane to take doctors. Pay money. But you let somebody give a private jet or a plane to this man of God. They will persecute him until the plane comes to the ground. Oh, people, Boko Haram by mouth, will bring the plane down. But we enjoy renting the plane every year. But where are the believers who have an Antrak airline? All the people with Antrak airlines in our country and the airlines, they don't go to church. Stabo, they are not in church. Africa world, they are not sitting in a charismatic church. May God raise our own people to that level. And I'm telling you, Pastor Steve, even the believers, tongue talkers in the church, if they have that plane and you go to rent it, you can't pay. They will charge you more than unbelievers will charge you. And after charging you, they will complain. We rent billboard. Everything in the church, we rent it. We rent air. Air to breathe. I pray. As many as had land, they sold it and gave the money to the apostles. But let's assume that the land we are trying to get right now belongs to one of us. You will just take it and donate it. Those of you who said an amen, receive it. Yes. Amen. Am I talking to somebody at all? Yes. The church has to move to another level. We, we must move beyond the tithe and the offerings and the pledges. We must get to the place where God has brought a blessing upon us and given us a heart of obedience. of obedience. I see you in church one of these days. When they are giving envelope of $1,000, you will put a checkbook on your lap and write $600,000 without blinking an eye. There are people in the world who can do it, but they are unbelievers. We ourselves, we can't receive that instruction. Receive it. In the name of Jesus.
Do you know that by now, CEM, you see the road in front of this church? CEM should be able to tar that road on the behalf of the government. We should have reached that point and as I speak it, I decree it prophetically. That it shall come to pass. That that road in front of us, we will not wait for the government to come and tie it. But may God give you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. I went to preach in a church here in Accra. I saw a car park. It was tarred. And the road from the church to the major road was tarred. I asked the prophet or the pastor. I said, did AMA come to tar this thing for you? He said, no, man of God. The asphalt in the church on the car park can take about 300 cars. We did it ourselves. And then we tarred the road up to the main road. May that be the story of CEM. I said, may that be the story of CEM. And may God give you the capacity to get wealth, to make that thing possible. If you can lift up your hand like Abraham, God will bless you from heaven and make that possible. Come on, shout a yes and praise God. Thank you. We need in the kingdom superloaded people. Man of God, this year, the profit from our business, we are going to use it to tie the road to the roadside. Listen, we are crawling for too many years. We tied offering and anukra. We are arguing and complaining. And no more jijis kadulo. No more jijis go. Okay, sika, sika ya diabia, udia, omi awami, uni mebiane. Obin Timin did it too much because on me I know I mean. So the money they are collecting, if it was enough, they would have been satisfied by now. But the fact that they are still collecting the tithes and the offering and the pledges means the money is not enough. If this man is chopping up money, you can see it. And you can tell. It's not enough. I have a friend in London. He's a slim man smaller than me. They were gossiping about him in the hairdressing saloon. And you know, hairdressing saloon is a good place to gossip. Because they are working on the head, many things can come out of the mouth. So they push the stories from the brain through the buccal cavity. They were gossiping about my friend. They were talking about him. Then one woman asked, now so for you, I can't say my cry. Only why? I say, oh, now we name Sophia. We dear sorry sika onye kesida. We dear sorry sika ya onye kesida. That's the way they describe my friend. But I'm praying that the man of God will stand here and say it will cost us this to rent a plane. One person will write a check because you know what this year. The man was believing God for churches and other people to help him to do a crusade. Yeah. He told me, I'm his big brother and father, but where the father is and the big brother, eh, we over there, Psalm 23 was written for us. The Lord is our shepherd. He's looking 
for money for crusade. I am a soul who needs to be saved. <laughs> am I talking to somebody at all? But see, he had to believe God. And then he asked me, one of our friends, should he remind the person to help? And I told him, leave it to him to remember. I'm telling you our private conversation. Yeah. I see one thing how medical missions. Now you feel say almost kana omutiti or omutugu. And this how it's a burden. And I'm sure for every district God gives him, he panics. Bando crying to me after girapa, girano crying napa. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, even the risk. Yes. The risk. The risk. Anytime I'm a especially when they are coming into our territory. Because I know that territory in the upper east region and upper west. I know what it takes to enter. Look, Bishop James I came to preach in Boga. When he lay on the bed, the prince of Bogatanga appeared to him and said, What do you want here? He told me, I told him, I said, James, welcome to Jamestown. <laughs> I invited Prophet Nanasai Opogusakodia. He came, he was lying in his hotel room. That same spirit appeared to him. He said, you, what do you want here? He told me, I said, Prophet, welcome. Where we are now. Last two weeks, the, the head of GRA, he told me something. He said, Reverend, you are like a flower in a desert. And all the forces will locate you. GRA, boss, he's a Muslim. And he knows the difference between flower and shrub. Jack, risk, no, just the risk. You are sitting down complaining about offering. The risk. Principalities and powers. Forces of darkness. And that is why when they are going, God will call some people to pray and call some people to pay. Some people will pray, others will what? Pay. To make it possible. It's an assignment. It's a mission. when they describe a vision and they say we are going to have car park conference hall I know some people will be like where are we going with this and yet we go and rent national theater and we rent international conference center and when Zoom Lion made a dome we rented it and you can imagine the amount of money we spent to rent things like that when unbelievers build something and it's very nice, Christians are like, whoa. When we ourselves build it, we say, yes, Isika. You let a church go and build a hotel looking nice like Holiday Inn. People will leave the church. But when an unbeliever builds it, they will go there for their honeymoon. Clap for Christians. We are the only people who a nice thing we don't like it when unbelievers have it we applaud them if you are a doctor 
and you are a military man, like Dr. Emmanuel Kotia. If this man was an unbeliever and he walks into this building, you will see Christians. Oh, yes, sir. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome, Colonel. You're welcome. But if he's one of us, hey, come. Hey. He's one of us. We have taken it for granted. Nice things don't look nice in church. When you are beautiful, you must cover the beauty with a scarf. If you are intelligent, you must hide it by saying you are a fool. That, that is the way we do things in church. A rich man in church. We don't respect it. In fact, many rich people cannot stay in our churches because nobody will appreciate them. But you let an unbeliever who is a rich man appear here. Protocol will be creating room for him. As for when you are rich and you are in the church, they will treat you anyhow. May God make the church come to the place where we will take care of our own affairs. We appreciate our own selves. And listen, may God put millions in your hands. I said, may God put millions in your hands and give us the capacity to do our own things. Pray in the name of Jesus. He said, go untie the two donkeys and bring them. And you know, this man is likely to be an unbeliever. Prof, sometimes unbelievers almost run me. One day there was an unbeliever in Accra. I was calling him to do something for love revolution. When I phoned him, he took the phone at around 10 in the night. And he said, hello. Hello. Then I said, my name is Eastwood Anaba. I want to talk to Mr. So-and-so. He said, which Eastwood Anaba? He didn't believe I was the one. So I said, the one you are likely to know. I'm calling from Bogatanga. He said, oh, sir. Then you know what he said? I will never die again. <laughs> he said, you have called me at this time. I won't die. Where I slept yesterday, I will sleep there again. Sir, anything you want, tell me. I will do it. And I told him, I need this, I need that, I need that, I need that, I need that for love revolution. He said, consider it done. If it was a believer... The bill will come. Number two, the way I over bluffing me crowd. And that's awful. You have a bone pie. You have a bone pie. You have a shadia a radebeka. Me radicasa. Ah, oh, me radicabi mammy. Oh, Mamma, come Mama, Kuma. Then he must now go and consult his pastor. Whether he can help me to do the work of the kingdom or not. Unbeliever, he has no pastor apart from God. 
He said, man of God, anything you want, I will do it. May the Lord make you a kingdom-minded person. I asked Pastor Steve, I said, how many is that? How many plots is that land? He said, eight. Eight plots of land, wifey. Eight people can pay it. All they need to do is eight people in this church who have eight pieces of land. Everybody just sell your land and give it to the church. Bam. It's done. In Nigeria, we say bam. When it's critical, we say obia. When we agree with the father, we say otuana papa. Eight people can release 3,000 people from laborious fundraising. And you are a dear, yeah, 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 Oh, God bless this. Oh, this preacher. Oh, he can really sacrifice. Look, his body is even broken. The guy is still preaching. Oh, what a man. What a man. Stop talking about what a man. Talk about what a money. Come on, give a big clap offering to Jesus. Maybe this man was an unbeliever. They said, The master has need of your donkeys. And they didn't tell him whether the donkeys will come back or not. Some of you would have shouted, Julo, hey! When they told him, I'm sure he said, I have heard about that man. Who am I that this man should need my donkey to sit on? To enter Jerusalem, his triumphal entry, a last major display of his power, which will have the semblance of how he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and make manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. That triumphal entry, they will talk about it forever. And it is my donkeys that have been elected. This wonderful woman, it is you God has elected to marry her. Amen. This wonderful woman, it is me God has elected to Listen, this wonderful woman is you God has elected to marry her. This wonderful pastor, it is you God has elected to support him. Don't you know he could have elected others to support him? Paul said, when I went to Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving by you only. Why Macedonia? These Macedonian Christians, in the book of 2 Corinthians 8, it is said that they were in deep poverty. But nobody gave to Paul like the believers in Macedonia. And you know why they did that? They heard a story. Santa Brandi Mikibia. They heard a story. 
that Paul was supposed to go and preach in Asia and the Holy Ghost stopped him. He was supposed to go and preach in Phrygia and the Holy Ghost stopped him. Then a man from Macedonia appeared to him in the night and said, come over to Macedonia and help us. And Paul went to Macedonia. So when he came to give into the gospel, they said, hey, this message should have gone to Asia. This message should have gone to Phrygia. The Holy Ghost denied them and the Holy Ghost brought us the message. We have received what others should have received. Therefore, we will become givers. I came to tell somebody, your wife should have been another person's wife. Your husband should have been another person's husband. Your parents should have been another person's parent. Somebody else should have been in this church instead of you. But God rejected somebody and put you in that place. That is why you will serve God like nobody does. You will worship God like nobody does. You will praise God like nobody does because somebody else should have been in your place. Look at the man, unbeliever. My donkeys. Forever. These donkeys will be talked about. Forever. And whenever you see two in the Bible, it's significant. He said, forever these donkeys. He said, God, why my donkeys? There are many donkeys that could have been used. Why this particular place? And why these donkeys? Have you ever chosen to ask yourself? Why God even ask you for an offering? To be honest with you, sometimes I'm just lying down in bed and I'm thinking, why is God using me? I try to find out why and I can't see anything. I, I have tried. I, I, I've tried though. Because I know some men of God have faith. I'm not like that. Many faith. I'm not the faith, faith, faith. I, I don't have faith. My wife will tell you, I can doubt free fall doubt. And I tell her, I say, Pearl, me, when I'm doubting, I, do, I don't struggle to have faith. I flow with the doubt. Oh, and as for God, I mock him and my wife every day. God, me, I, I've been mocking she and God. One day she was sitting somewhere that she's praying in darkness. I said, God, this is my wife. Eh? You gave her to me. Because I need a wife. You have many people who worship you. I traveled and left my wife two weeks. I have come. My wife still says she's praying, but I need her. I will stop the prayers. I took stone. I hid in darkness. And I started stoning her. I stoned her one. She opened her eyes. I said, I was a I threw a second one. She was getting up. I said, I was a By the time I threw the third one, she started running. I ran to the bedroom. I lay down quietly. She came to me. She said, Da, I was praying. Somebody was stoning me. I said, eh. Hey. Then I asked her, I said, What song were you singing? She mentioned the song. I said, Satan doesn't like that song at all. I said, if you sing that song, the devil will start stoning you. And my wife believes in me. So she said, eh, eh. I burst out laughing. She said, ah, you are the one. So even she and God, I break their prayer meeting. Sometimes when she's praying alone, eh, 
and I do my hand like this and she's not on the bed. I go to where she's praying. I stand at the door. I am the Lord thy God. I have heard thy prayer. Go back to thy husband. The prayer meeting is finished. No, I, I... So you see, do you think a man like me, God should anoint me? One day she fasted, she grew lean. I was lying on the bed, I looked at my wife. All of us were fasting. She had grown lean. I said, Abba, pair, this is your father. Must you grow lean and all your waste will finish like this for him to answer your prayer? Can't he bless you without this hunger strike? Tell him, oh, he should bless us without this fasting and prayers. Then she would look at me and say, hey, God must find you very, very interesting. But I'm asking you a question. Should a man like me be anointed? Because I'm not the kind of man of God who is the huruga huruga type. You see, how are you? I'm not like that. I admire people like that. But I am too simple to carry an anointing. I look at my background. I look at everything. Even my brain. I look in it. I don't see intelligence. So I made a covenant. Lord, anything you want, take it. As for between us and God, my wife knows that anything. I founded a church in 1987. When God told me, step down, hand over to somebody, I gave up the 100 branches. And I made myself a senior pastor and that the new chairman of the church. When you come to Bogatanga and you see land, church building, school and everything, by the grace of God, over 70% was provided by me and my wife. We stayed in a rented house for 25 years. The only time we moved into a house we called our own was two years ago or three. We rented houses, buying land, building buildings, building school. And I kept telling myself, when I remember where he took me from, there's nothing I can call my own. I know there are people here with stories like that. Don't forget. Don't you ever. The man with the two donkeys, he said, take it. And go and do the work of God. If God speaks to you, will you obey? So when we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey.
So trust and obey. For there's no other.